It's time for the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stress, and I know whether you're starting a small business, you're a solopreneur, or a leader in a large company, you need to collaborate with people. I want to help you make those collaborations fulfilling, productive, and as profitable as possible. So every Monday morning, we'll drop a new podcast episode to do just that. So let's get into today's discussion. Welcome back, everybody. I hope you're having a fantastic week, and I hope you're doing something a little different. Uh, I planted a, a vegetable and flower garden over the weekend, and there's a lot of lessons to be learned in giving um, things over time. You're growing, you're you're preparing the ground, you're you're doing all those things. So I hope you do something outside of work, outside of normal leadership stuff that really just kind of quantifies what it means to to give an investment. So on with this week's show. So it's like imposter syndrome, but in reverse. And what I mean by that is, should you be ashamed of your success? And the reason I bring this up is lately, it is just all over the place about things like that. Um, everybody's talking about the differences in what people are able to accomplish, all the way to from cancer culture, if you say the wrong thing, to all the way to discussions about privilege and where you come from and what you've built. And honestly, you know, you get to a point where if you're growing and expanding, are you the type that you shouldn't be sharing how you're winning? Should you apologize for it? Should you hide it? And the first question I would have is, did you earn it? When it comes to the discussion of privilege, which I know is a touchy subject because everybody starts from a different place and every single level you can find somebody's at a higher level than you are and somebody's at a higher level than that person and on and on and on. And it also works, sadly, in the other direction, that somebody's lower than you and somebody's lower than that person. And it, so when I say, did you earn it? If there are conditions where people just cannot, and I really mean cannot, not that they don't want to, they do, or even if they don't understand it, I'm talking about there's just no way out, then yeah, that's a problem. Because that's certainly not what this country is built on, is far as being able to make your own way. But this whole discussion of should you be able to enjoy what you've accomplished and should you be able to hide it? So today I'm going to really get into talking about the tale of two influencers that are really kind of at both ends of this spectrum. And I know you're thinking to yourself, well, hey, listen, I'm not an influencer. Why are you bringing that up? But actually you are. If you're leading people, if you are influencing anyone, that makes you an influencer. And that's what it has to do with you. So don't think just because somebody, you know, think about what Dave Ramsey says with money that you know, they're just doing mistakes with more zeros on it. Well, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah, maybe you don't have a million followers on Instagram or wherever, but it, the same things apply in your own circle. They just happen to have a bigger circle. So when it comes to talking about you, I mean, think about an earlier podcast I had talking about response codes and how you create response codes and others based on how you act, how you think, how you respond to things. They get to learn what they can share with you and what they can't, all those kinds of things. So think about it that way. And if you're listening to a podcast like this or other podcasts, you're probably the type of person that is trying to improve who you are, learn things, discover new things, all that kind of stuff 
stuff. And what that really means is you probably work in an organization that's multi-layered. And if you're in leadership or higher level leadership, you are probably making more money than other people in the building and what you're earning and things like that. So is it okay to show that? Is it okay to be that person? So let's use this example of these two influencers. And you're probably, most of you are probably going to guess who these, these two are. I'm not going to name names because what I'm not really here to do is jump on the bandwagon of either bashing them or or on the other end, buttering up to anybody. But you, some of you, based on these descriptions, may know them. Some of you may not. But this first influencer, her accomplishments, uh, best-selling author of a couple different books, um, really built a company and a brand around um, developing yourself and believing in yourself and getting over your fears and really working through some things and making big connections and huge goals and all those kinds of things to, to just improve yourself. And basically, I guess in a nutshell, you can say, you know, one of the self-help gurus kind of thing, um, kind of a little bit Tony Robbins-ish, if you will, but definitely from a female perspective. And I, I'll tell you, when, when I listen to quite a few other podcasts and what I do notice between male podcasts and female podcasts, and it's not 100%, nothing ever is, but generally in the male podcasts, they just kind of talk about a principle or a subject or a thing like that. And of course, that's what I do. So kind of labeling myself. But at the same time, female podcasts do that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not discounting it. But they also do a much better job at building community, at supporting one another, at cheering each other on. They definitely do that. And so this is what's been going on with this particular influencer to where they've got millions of followers. Uh, they can have, well, they used to have live events, but you know, with, with COVID this past year, you know, they've had online events and Thousands of people pay money and show up. And not only that, but other very well-known influencers and, and people who can teach business practices, all that kind of stuff, they're happy to, to, to be presenters for her. And, and she interviews a lot of high-level famous people on top of that. And her brand has been growing and growing and growing and growing. So fast forward to two weeks ago, for whatever reason, <laughs> she decides, uh, obviously out of frustration, no doubt about it, that she's going to make a TikTok video just explaining, uh, obviously, a, a comment from somebody set her off. And this is what's interesting is that you have a couple million followers and how do you let one or two people just derail your thought and, and make you upset and make you so um, angry, I guess, because when you watch her video, I don't even know if it's still up, but you, you can tell she's angry. But how do, how do you let just two people out of a million do that? But yet it happened. So it is what it is. So she goes on this rant about how hard she works, uh, what she does, what time day she gets up and she pays other people to do the menial work. And, and, and it was kind of worded that way. Um, that, that, oh, I'm not doing that. I've got more important things to do. And she's basically just going for runs and things like that, which, and there's nothing wrong with that. It was totally how she categorized it. But then she went to a whole nother level when she started talking about like really famous people in the, in history, not just the world, just in history and saying that's who she wants to be relatable to. And she doesn't want to be relatable to, to, to other people. And that's what really, I think, broke the camel's back, if you will, is that word relatable. And this is this is a key thing because as a leader, your relatability is everything with your team. That goes to a trust. That goes to, again, back to that response code. I mean, imagine walking into your office and saying, I don't want to relate to any one of you. I'm, I'm above that. I want to be, uh, and you know, she was using examples like Harriet Tubman and fa famous women in history. And there's nothing wrong with 
aspiring to do that. But when you throw that out there, you really can't. I mean, that's just something that they did. You know, when you think about the the example she used, those women did it. They didn't talk about it. They did it. And what I think she really was trying to say is she really wanted to accomplish super high level goal. And I don't have a problem with that. I mean, think about a saying of if the sky's the limit, why are there footprints on the moon? And and some for some people having super high aspirations, historical aspirations. We think about becoming president of the United States. There's only been 46 of them in our entire history. Um, just something like that. I get that. But the problem was the, it was the messaging of not being relatable. And the question is, was she just being honest. Because when you think about how hard you work, that you give to get things, you have to give some things up to get things. There's no doubt about it. But see, there was none of that. And it did sound petty for somebody who's accomplished what she's accomplished to to get all bent out of shape about one or two followers and feel the need to respond publicly to those one or two followers, because that kind of comes back to a confidence thing. So if you're accomplishing something, you know, you've heard me say many times, if you're in a leadership position, you don't need to tell anybody that stuff. We already know you're in charge. You don't have to come in and, oh, oh, the boss is coming. Or if you've got that kind of thing going on in your office, then you're not relatable. You don't need to do that. You're already in charge. Everybody knows it. So was it just a messaging issue? Well, you know, I kind of wish for her, because I really do like her stuff, that that's where it ended. But the 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 blowback online was pretty swift. And, and you know, here's, again, a difference when you're saying, well, I'm not a... I'm not a you know, social media influencer. Why do you keep saying this? But so on a huge level, again, with more zeros on it, here these folks are showing their displeasure by the thousands. Well, that's what happens in, in your circle, that how much of a percentage of your, your people, when you are out of line, they want to disown you. They don't want to follow you. They don't want to trust you. And but they have to keep their jobs. So they're just going to start hiding things from you and avoiding you. Where in her case, they're just going to stop buying her stuff, which isn't great either. So the blowback starts. And instead of just owning up, instead of just, of course, I'm playing hindsight 2020, so it's not really fair. But if she had just come out and said, you know what? That was really dumb what I said. I was pissed off and frustrated and I shouldn't have let somebody get to me. And I shouldn't say demeaning things about people who aren't where I'm at and I'm not at where I'm going or where I want to be and, and end it with, I hope you, I know all of you are working hard and I hope you get to where you want to go too. But no. So basically they started scrubbing comments off of their page. And of course, people notice that, especially in the social media space. And they don't like that. And now it's like, what are you trying to hide? And uh, so it got worse. And then I think it was two days later, she comes out with a, a sort of apology where she really, like I said, I shouldn't have let my PR team talk me into doing this behavior. So now I'm doing that behavior. And of course, that did not go over well. I mean, the old saying goes, the cover up is worse than the crime. And, and just don't, don't sugarcoat it. Don't, um, don't try to change it. Everybody, they're telling you what's bothering them. They, there was no bones about it. These folks were pissed and they were saying exactly what they were thinking. And it was, it'd be very easy to understand where they were coming from, but that didn't happen. So all of that got worse. And now pretty much any kind of post that's recent on any social media space, she is getting hammered. And I honestly, I don't know if she's going to come back from that. I don't know. But with millions of followers, why did she snap over one or two? Or even now, uh, yeah, I was looking on an Instagram post where 
where there's 13, 14, probably approaching 15,000 comments and none of them are good for her. A couple of them, but not many. There's some that's saying, hey, why shouldn't she celebrate working hard? I get that, but but it's just the way it happens. So even with that though, what is 14,000 divided by 1.6 million followers? But I guess the other question is, you know, because that's a low percentage. So if you're talking about like dissatisfied customers, if you will, or dissatisfied followers, it's really not that much. But if you have 1.6 million followers, why aren't there more people commenting? So it just got out of hand. And, and that's, you know, a, a more troubling thing when you're out in a public space constantly. But again, it, re- it reverts back to think about your circle of what you can control. And if something like that, some breach of trust happened, and then all you tried to do was cover it up, but everybody, the, the, they already know. So they're already telling you what's bothering them. So don't. So let's move on to influencer number two. Now, this guy is a number one best-selling author of several books, uh, memoirs, in fact, which is kind of weird because he wasn't famous at the time he wrote memoirs. And he even admits it kind of sounds narcissistic, but everyone does have a story to tell. If you really think about your life, you you, you start adding things together and accomplishments and things. You have a story to tell, and, but that's a podcast for another day. But he wrote several books and then started really transitioning into creating a a marketing company based on story and how to tell a story, how to really connect um, with customers. And then even pivoted again about really trying to take on the university system and creating a a much simpler course that is like learning an MBA of of all things business. And he also constantly on stages giving speeches and advice and in his own right, he he could have, he could probably call up, you know, five or six very well-known people and have his own conference um, and do those kinds of things. So, but while all that's going on, because we're talking about relatability here and how things kind of melt down and should you show your success? So while all this is going on, um, this particular influencer buys a lot of property, is building a, a gigantic house. Part of it's business related, a little bit, not much. A lot of it's personal. A lot of it, he wants to have a lot of people over um, to stay. It, it's kind of, I mean, let's, it's, it's an estate. It is, it's huge. And you know, it's gotta be, it's worth millions, easy. So all, while all this is going on though, and I don't just say it like, it, it, it's just something I know, he's constantly sharing the progress of the building of this property on, on on Instagram and things like that. So, you know, sidebar, when you think about there's other influencers online, a lot of, a lot of guys that are millionaires in real estate, they all kind of look the same. They're all, you know, 30, 40, look like they go to the gym, but they're not totally ripped because they got a little bit of, you know, a little bit of a gut, but not much. They all got a beer and they're all smoking a cigar and they're all talking about how they made millions and all that. I don't resonate with that. And some people do, but that's just kind of a sidebar. But this guy, he's the one thing about this guy, this influencer number two, he's so damn likable. You, you can't not like the guy. You know, you think about his his multi-million dollar estate and constantly putting it out there. And most of us, I mean, let's face it, we're gonna have we're gonna have good stuff. Like for myself, I have a pretty nice house. I live in a really nice neighborhood. I drive a used car, but it's a very nice used car and things like that. I don't, you know, have uh, you know, of course, who doesn't want to make more money? But I don't have a bad life by any means, by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't relate to influencer number two, maybe yet, I don't know, who knows, maybe someday, might be a late bloomer, but right now I don't. I mean, I could, I could, 
have a conversation with them. And one of my one of my judgments on whether I want to hang out with somebody is would I go drink a beer with them or would I go have a cup of coffee and just talk for an hour about whatever. Um, and this guy definitely would do that. But you know, the thing with influencer number two, where I do kind of resonate with them, is what I do have. I would have never envisioned having it as a as a much younger man. Not that I don't work hard. Not that I didn't have a good work ethic. But I didn't grow up that way. Neither did he. So it's relatable in that sense. It's relatable in the sense that he obviously earned it and so did I and probably so did you. So the difference in what we have and what we don't have and, and should we share our success? I've got, you know, does he have a boat? Do you have a boat? Do you have an airplane? Do you have a new Cadillac or whatever? Is he relatable? Does influence number one, influencer number one and influencer number two have the same drive for success? And I bet the answer is yes. I mean, all, all these influencers are, are, are trying to build businesses and make money and all those kinds of things. Do they have the same drive to get to the same place? And why did one kind of, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term, kind of lost it a little bit and it had to lash out? Why would you do that online? Mm. Never, never do that. But again, why is influencer number two so damn likable? And I think about Patrick Lencioni's ideal team player when he talks about humble, hungry, and smart. And you know, full disclosure here, I've never met either influencer and I haven't met Patrick Lencioni either. But um, you think about that, humble, hungry, and smart. That's kind of a good baseline of how do you wind up looking like you're relatable, even if you have stuff. So what about you? You know, how do you show up in your circle of influence? Like again, a lot of you, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably are, are, are in a point in your career where you're leading other people and you're making pretty decent money. Some of you might even be making a lot of money. You know, being CEOs, owning your own company and that sort of thing. Certainly if you're listening to a podcast like this and you're probably growing in your career and so on and so on, like I mentioned before. But you know, the other thing, that, that grows is your influence, is your responsibility and your, your financial reward. It's just a fact, you know, and the reality check on influencers is, you know, they all talk about how they can show up and serve, which they're doing, but they are growing their company and they do want to make a lot of money. They, they're not showing up on social media for fun because they're bored or they have nothing else to do. They're growing a company and they want to be successful. And they want to, you know, hopefully grow together and show you the path and things like that. So the question becomes, how do we grow the right way? Because we're all on, like I said, in this group, this sphere of the podcast world, whether you're giving a podcast, whether you're listening to one, you are growing, you are earning more, you are going to have successes in life. But how do you do it in a way where you don't look unrelatable to people or you don't throw it in their face? Again, I, I can't say this enough. If you're in a leadership position, you don't need to tell anybody. They already know. So when you think about the give equals get equation, and when, you know that influencer number one talked about how early she gets up and all the things she does before the sun comes up, things like that. That's an example of what you're going to give. And if you're in charge of a lot of people or you have a lot of responsibility at work, yeah, you're going to give more than others that don't have that. That's just a fact. And that's what you signed up for in leadership if you're continuing to grow in leadership. And you have to balance what are you giving to equal what you're getting. So why would you have to lash out? In other words, if you are confident, if you are satisfied, if you believe in what you're doing, if you're willingly understanding what you're giving, your time, um, if you're investing your money to make something work, whatever you're giving and giving up 
time with a spouse, time with a family, time with friends, all that kind of stuff. That has to equal what you get, not just financial rewards, but are are you what are you giving to grow your company? What are you giving to build other relationships? All that kind of stuff. Is the give worth the get? And if you aren't comfortable with that, you probably are going to struggle right there before you even look at some of the ways you can set yourself up to grow the right way and not worry about this reverse imposter syndrome. So you have to really wrestle that question. Whatever you're giving equals what you're getting. Is it worth it? And on a side note on that, I always hear people who are very, very successful and then talk about, well, you know, I'm going to rearrange things, spend more time away from it and, and guard my time and all of that. And it's just like, you know, I get it. And that's part of your, what you gave earlier is what you can get now. But at some point, you got to pay the price. It's just a fact. Unless somebody hands you a suitcase full of money, you're going to have to give before you can get. So uh, sometimes I wonder, you know, when they say, oh, before you get there, retool your life. You can do that if that's what you want. But if you haven't gotten there yet and you're you're okay with that, you're willing to give up what you need to give. That's up to you. But no matter how you slice it, what you're willing to give has got to equal what you get out of it. So here's five things that you can do to really you know, own who you are and be okay with it. Be confident and, and not be an egotistical person. So number one, you work hard. Don't sugarcoat it. You do. You should be okay with that. But you should also acknowledge others work hard. Again, if you're in a multi-level company, there's other people in the building. There's very, very, very few things in life, and I'm struggling even to come up with one right now, that you do 100% by yourself. Now, growing yourself is on you. I get that. But interacting with community, again, when you think of the five disciplines of, of growth success, the five dogs, the very last one's community. You do everything with other people. So acknowledge other people work hard too. It's not hard. It's okay to acknowledge you work hard. But make sure you recognize others too. Number two, don't hide your success, but don't brag about it either. So one of the things you really can turn people off with is if you um, downplay who you are. Uh, one time I was I was walking with um, somebody way you know much higher level than me in a company. I was walking around our area, just you know meeting people and introducing them, and he, and he kept saying. Oh, no, I'm not that important. It's like, okay, well, then can I go back to doing what I was doing and nobody can come meet you? I mean, yeah, you are important. Don't don't say stuff like that. Or if you're you're doing great things, you don't have to brag about them, but don't act like you're not doing anything either. You know, the the humble part is, is not being shy about your success or trying to hide it. Because people smell that. They, they, they figure that out. And, and that is a trust issue too. So don't, don't try to hide your success, but don't brag about it either. It's kind of the same thing as you're the leader. You don't have to tell anybody. Well, that was successful. You don't have to tell anybody. They know. <laughs> but you don't have to hide it either. Uh, number three, the natural order of success. Someone helped you at some point. Now it's your turn. I think about Ronald Reagan's great quote. You can't help everybody but everybody can help somebody. So you think about you're you're making it, so to speak, and you want to turn around and kind of reach back and start pulling some other people up. That's the natural order. Somebody helped you. And at some point, um, you got to help someone else. Like I said, the ultimate goal of leadership is they don't need you anymore, that you have built that team so well 
or that organization, it's time for you to move on. It's time for somebody else to step up. And that's exactly what should be happening. So number four with that, you really got to hone in your response code and understand it. And uh, go to podcast number 13, The Ultimate Gift of Leadership, if you really want to dig into that. It, it's it's less than a half hour, really easy, easy to listen to, but it gets into how you create legacy leaders. And that starts with building trust in a matter of seconds. And people learn your response code and you learn their response code. You, you know exactly all the people in your circle, what they're like and, and how they respond to things. Well, that works for you too. That, that team has that same vision of you, of how you, um, your temperament, your, your EQ, how you handle stuff. So you want to think about your response code to really start building trust in others so you can help build them and they can follow you more often. And number five, I hope you do too. So when you think about you being a success story and when people question or try to, try to, try to guilt you about it, where you are, what you have. You want to tell them, yes. Like I said, number one, be honest. And number two, be honest. Be, be honest about your hard work and be honest about what you have. But you know, say that with, I hope you do too. I can, you know, you can get there too. You know, sometimes I get that and I, and I want to tell people, it's like, you know, I've been in the workforce for 30 years. Why, why, why would I, you know, I'm on a growth trend. Why would I go back and start at not at the bottom, but start over. I mean, why would I do that? It's my job to show you the path so you can take it now. Because I've got in the workforce, I hope, less years in front of me than behind me. <laughs> but uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. But there's no problem with saying, I hope you do too. And don't let people guilt you into what you have or this or that. Again, unless you're a, a you know, total jerk about it. Because the thing is, the pool of success just success itself, not who's in it yet, but just that what's out there, what's available is infinite. Invite people to come on in. There is room for everybody. Thank you so much for joining me for another show. Please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and start up your own discussions on the topic of the show. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a show and check out the links in the show notes and give us a rating so we know how we're doing and five stars would be pretty sweet. So until next week, remember, you know you have to get work done with other people, but how you get done work with other people is entirely up to you.